Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I couldn't help but think they were singing that song, what my life would be like if I didn't know him. And I, my, my imagination is not great enough. And I, I have thoughts and things that maybe I could come up with and you probably do, but there's no way for you to know what your life would be like tonight if you would even have life. I'm glad to know him. Amen. Amen. I'm glad to know him. I'm, I'm glad to be home tonight with the greatest church and the greatest pastor and first lady there is anywhere. Amen. We love you guys. You're so kind to us all the time when we get back home. And I don't know what God has in store. And Alexa, well, I'm praying he would owe me or owe my one of the two. But uh, I'm going to preach from my pad tonight. As my pad, not iPad. I don't know if I'm, I've preached from my iPhone once, and it's hard to preach when you're doing like that. So, uh, and I hadn't got iPad yet. I'm, I'm still on pen and paper. I found out there is a lost art, and it is called writing. Schools, we, I just found this out this year, that schools no longer teach cursive. They, they said you won't need it. They have a friend that is teaching their children to write cursive so they can do it. And I, I, I know that it has changed my grandfather when he writes a check or something, a document he writes in Old English. And it's a beautiful thing that he's done for as far back as I can remember. And I'm doing good to read what I've written here. Amen. But if you have your Bibles and would like to turn with me to the book of Matthew, the 14th chapter. I have to write my notes about three times before I get to the copy that I bring with me to the pulpit because the first draft is maybe the first letter of the word and some scribbles. It's, it helps me to know what it's up here and it, that I can get it down here. But I had to go upstairs and finish writing where I could hopefully legibly read them if I had to stop and focus on them. So uh, I'm trying to keep the art of writing alive. Matthew 14 and 24 says, But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came unto them walking on the sea. Now in, in Mark, this same story, it says that Jesus was walking on the sea and would have passed them by. He wasn't necessarily coming to them. He had sent them to the other side. He told them to go over, and he would find them there later. He was headed there. And so, in this one, they said that he was walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou... Bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And Peter was come down out of the ship. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? 
And then when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Amen. We'll stop there. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your spirit that's moving in this place, God. I pray that we can yield to it. Let your spirit and your word do the work that you've started out to do, God, that you would minister to us and through us tonight. Let the Holy Ghost speak, God, and do what you would have. In the name of Jesus, not my will, but your will be done tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Thank you for standing on the word of the Lord. You can be seated. Our story really begins with Jesus with a group of people teaching them. Multitude, it tells us, of, of 5,000 men besides women and children. And so a great many people there. And he had taught them and the day was getting on and they were going to go home. But Jesus said, we need to feed them. And so, you know the story. He, he, what do you have? And they said, well, we, all we have is, is, is five loaves and two fishes. We'll give it to us. And, and, and it was contributed to him and the multitude was fed and they were content. And then he sent them home. And there are, there's a great many people that come to churches all over the world that are content to be a part of the multitude, that are content to sit in the church service because we really know how to do church. We know how to entertain the presence of God and get it moving that everybody can feel something. And some people are content to feel something and go on about their business. Some people are content to find their spot and, and be a part of a miracle moment and, and see Jesus and then go home. But there, there's, some, there's some amazing characters in the Bible. And they are the ones that we know the most about God through. It is not the multitude who ever revealed to anybody a great truth of God. But it is those characters in the Bible that found time enough to say, you know what, I'm not satisfied. You know, Abraham could have done things differently and just said, well, you know, you're going to do what you're going to do, so go ahead. But it's a moment that Abraham said, no, I, I know what you said you're going to do, but, but this is a spot you spoke to me before. And I'm going to stand here, Lord, and, and I want your attention again. I, I want something to happen because I'm going to interact and I'm going to move. I, I don't want to be a part of what you're doing as a multitude, but God, I need a moment with you. I, I need a moment to, alone with you. I, I need a moment in time here, this spot. Uh, there's been so many uh, that we have been revealed greatness of God through. But it's not because the multitude showed up. It's not because the crowd saw him and thronged him and pressed against him to see how, how great things he was doing. But it's because a little woman with an issue of blood without much strength fell to her knees and pushed her way through the dust and the dirt to touch the hem of his garment to see something great. I want somebody to understand tonight. You can be a part of the multitude. You can sit on the pew and experience the miracle moment and what God has in store tonight. Or you can decide to be one. You know what, God, if, if you're going to reveal a truth tonight, if you're going to show up and do a miracle, would you work it uh, on my behalf? Uh, would you do something for me? Would you show up uh, in this place? I don't want to be the multitude, but I want to be the one in the crowd who gets the revelation. Why do we know him as the lily of the valley, uh, the prince of peace, uh, the peace that passes all, the all understanding, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Sidkin? Why do we have all these revelations? Because a crowd followed him, no. But because one or two men here and there said, you know what, I'm not satisfied with you just feeding us and sending us home. I need something more. Would you show up and do something for me? And he showed up and he did great things. 
And I've always read this and I've always been impressed that the disciples got to hand out this fish and bread that seemed to multiply at some point in the process to feed 5,000 plus people. And, and I thought it was so amazing. And I've heard great sermons about how they picked up 12 basketfuls remaining. But wow, how great it was to be and to have been there and been handing it out and then to have received so much back that, that 12 baskets full were received and how great a miracle it was. You know who I'd really like to be? Is whoever thought to bring five loaves and two fishes to the party and say, you know what? I, I saw him pick up 12 baskets, but let me tell you what happened. I had two little old perch and I had five slices of bread and when I handed it to him, I'm the one that God took it from and God did something great with my lunch. I'd love to be the one tonight to say, you know what? I came feeling incomplete. I came with just a little bit, but somehow God said, I need somebody to step out of the multitude and decide that something great is going to happen. And I, I need somebody to get a mindset. I'm not walking out here with the same thing the multitude gets. I, I'm going to be the one that tomorrow at work they're going to talk about. You know what? The multitude saw that God did something great in his life. You need to be mindset. The church needs to be the one saying, you know what? If something good is going to happen, if something great's going to happen, it's going to be in here. It's going to be a part of me. It's going to be what I'm involved in. I'm sick and tired of a church mindset that says I'm the multitude. I'll sit back and I'll watch the miracle and I'll applaud. I might even pick up 12 baskets full. I don't understand why people are content to just go through the norm. We need a generation to get a mindset if the church is ever going to progress again. And for, for my elders here tonight, I have, a, I have felt this thing upon me to get a hold of the generation below me and that I'm involved in. Because we're losing the grip on the gospel. We've not bought the truth and sold it not. We've not decided to bury ourselves in prayer. We've not decided to fast until we're skinny, until we're hungry and hurting and we've lost weight. We've not decided to give what the generation before us has given. And if we don't get a hold of it, we're not going to have anything to pass on if God tarries. You don't understand. It's not about him tearing and keeping the gospel going. God will keep it going. But it's about the fact that when somebody comes to you needing something, our knee-jerk reaction is to pray last. It ought to be to say, you know what? I prayed this morning. I felt like God was going to show up and do something. I'm stepping out of the multitude, and I've got something to give you. I've been so distraught and torn up by people, and it may just be my personal efforts, my personal problems, my baggage I drag around. But I don't have a, a whole lot of friends left uh, that came through the ministry of growing and young ministers left with me. And I don't see a great many coming out of the woodwork behind me. You're content to sit and be a multitude dweller on a pew uh, when God has been gnawing at your heart. I'm speaking to somebody tonight. This ain't in my notes. God's been gnawing on you to get involved and do something. And you're thinking, well, I can't be that great. I, I can't do it. I'm not going to get paid for it. I'm not going to get a position for it. My God, I did stuff around the church uh, when there wasn't no money involved in it. I, I did stuff around the church uh, when I spent hours and uh, time because I wanted to do something for God. Uh, and it didn't matter if I answered the phone or cleaned the toilet. Uh, you need to get a mindset. If God is ever going to get a hold of you. If everything is going to happen, you got to be the one that says, I'm not going to be in the multitude. I'm going to step out. I've been so drawn to it. 
If we're ever going to see great things in the last day. We talk about a great falling away. There's a great revival involved in it too. There's going to be more than you can imagine. And my Bible tells me that I'm going to see greater things than he did. I'm going to see somebody raised from the dead. I'm going to walk down and say, come on, you know you haven't been able to see, but let the blinded eyes be open. And I'm just content to, to sit back and say, God, do it. I want to see it. I don't want to be a part of the multitude. He said to them, let me move on. You guys go ahead. Get in the boat and head on over. And then he told the multitude, you guys have been fed. You've been preached to. You've experienced the moment and the miracle. You can go home. The multitude went home. Multitudes do that. Multitudes and groups and crowds that are content and satisfied and they've they've had their feel go home. People who who are trying to chase after God, the the disciples were told to get in the boat. And they did what they were told. They went upon His Word. He told them, I'll meet you. You guys head on. Now, I I don't know why somebody said, how are you getting there? Where's your boat? But he had his, they must have assumed He had His means. But they went at His Word. You that resist God, you need to start going at His Word. Don't look at it and say, well, Lord, the storm clouds are coming. I'll just wait it out. No, he said, get in the boat. He didn't tell them, go down and wait. He said, get in the boat and go. I will find you. God gave them direction and they jumped in the boat and they went. You need to understand that. But you see, they got into a vessel that they were comfortable with. Peter and all the others, they, a lot of them were fishermen. Boats were the norm. So when they got in the boat, they got into something they were comfortable with. They got into a place that, you know what, we're in control of this. We manage this. And, and this, I've often thought, well, if God hadn't sort of, they were going to sink. The, the boat was in the storm. The wind was contrary. It meant that the wind was blowing so hard against them, they couldn't get to where they wanted to go. There was resistance coming. That one, one translation said that the wind was antagonistic. It was provoking them. It was fighting with them. But they were, they were sailors. They were fishermen. They, they were men who knew how to do things. They were not afraid of the boat sinking. They were doing what they would do in their normal situation. Hey, Peter, there's a storm coming. Yeah, you know what? Doesn't look to be a, an Ike or a Katrina. I think we can handle it. Don't, don't turn around and go back to shore. Just keep rowing. In the, but the wind's put. It's okay. We, just row harder. Put the, we're going to weather this storm. We can make it through this. You see, that's the mindset of a whole lot of people is. This is my comfort. This is where I dwell at. This is, this is how I do things. And so, you know, when a bump comes along and a problem comes along, it's not going to stop me. It's not going to sink my boat. It's not going to make me cease and stop. And, and I'm not going to die in this. But I wonder just how many times that we have gotten to the place and gotten so comfortable that that we're in our ship and we're finding ourselves that, you know what, you may be able to make it through. You might be able to weather the storm. You may be able to roll hard enough to get through it. You've done it before. But I wonder just tonight how many times God has put us in a position and we've weathered and pushed against the storm until we made it to the shore. When all along God was trying to shake the boat and rock the boat enough for you to go, you know what, I wonder what would happen if I got out of the boat. 
If I got out of the, of the mindset that this is the only place that I can make it through this at, I know what that is. That's water and I sink. But I just wonder what mindset would take hold of us in faith and say, you know what? This ain't working. I'm hurt, working too hard to get to where God told me to go. He must have another plan for me to get there. And he came to them. He would have passed them by. He told them, go over there and I'll meet you. And Mark said he would have passed them by. But they saw a figure. And they supposed him to be a ghost, a spirit. They didn't cry out to him as Jesus. They cried out for fear and all of a sudden Jesus said, Hey, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't tell you to go sail over there and be afraid. I, I told you to go over there. But since you're calling out in fear, it is I. It is, the I am is here. The one who's in control. It is I. Be not afraid. And you know, the multitude rowing the boat were content to continue rowing the boat. I wonder how many times God has showed up and said, Hey, oh, be not afraid. Everything's all right. And everybody involved in the mindset said, You know, He told us, Just keep rowing the boat. Just keep rowing. Just keep fighting the wind. Just keep fighting the storm. Keep fighting the problem and we'll make it over there. You might make it over there, but you're going to miss the experience of seeing God and experiencing Him on a personal level. Because multitudes don't get to see Him do great things. But Peter, when he said, it is I, was satisfied and content enough to just say, Lord, that's all I needed to know. If it's you, I'm coming. Bid me to come on, on the water like you are. I want to come to you. And Jesus said, come. You, I, I, I've tried to get my mind around this and understand uh, and get myself in a mindset that said, you know what, God, I don't need to know anything about how you're going to make it happen. I don't know if you are walking on the molecular structure of water as we know it. I don't know if you had fish come up and, and support you as you walked. I, I don't know if you caused uh, the water to harden under your feet. You're a God. I don't know if your, your, your robe was getting wet or, or not. If it did not exist as water against you. I don't know. But all I know is uh, I don't need an explanation, God. But, but if that's you, uh, all I need to know is you come to me. My God, if you understood uh, that when sometimes uh, you hear the voice of God and all He says is, it is I, the understanding you need to have is, Lord, that's all I needed to know. All I need to know is it's God. I don't need an explanation. I, I don't need a plan. I don't need a faith enhancement. I just need to know that I can step out and believe on you. You need to get an understanding that when you get the mindset that I'm going to get out of the boat, I'm not sitting with a multitude, you jokers keep rolling, I'm going over there. He wasn't close enough for them to see him. He wasn't, he wasn't so close that they knew who he was. They thought him to be a ghost or a spirit. He was far enough away that when the voice came in and said, be not afraid, it is I. Peter didn't say, well... What's the secret passcode? Well, what did you just do earlier with the fish? He said, Lord, if that's the voice I understand to know, if that's the voice I've been hearing calling me, then I'm going to step out. You need to get in a mindset. You know what? We want so many, so much uh, to see God in so clear a way that we're not, we're not able or want to hear His voice in the storm. 
They were rowing. They were working. And they thought, we can make it through this. You can make it through this, but it would measure just a multitude dweller. You know why I love the apostolic Pentecostal faith? Besides the truth aspect. It is the fact that we have more individuals than we have multitudes. There's more people on these pews tonight that can raise a hand and say, you know what, I've been here and I've experienced this right here. I've done. And let me take you to the place and give you the understanding that this is what happened. And now you know why there's revelation from me to you because I've experienced God on this level. There's too many that, that, that set back sometimes though and say, well, I'll, I'll let you get it. I'd have loved to gone back and seen this story differently where, where the boat was emptied out when Jesus said it's high all of a sudden there was a mass exodus I don't need to worry about rowing the boat can take care of itself God's over there what you need to understand is uh, that all you need to know about him is his identity you don't need to worry about if it looks like a ghost. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't, you don't need to worry about if he's walking on the waves, under the waves, uh, if the wind is blowing contrary. You need to understand uh, that as Paul, Peter did, uh, that when he said, it is I, he said, that's all I need to know. I recognize the voice. I can't see the face. I, I can't tell who he is, but I know that it's my God and my Savior. Oh my. Somebody. Needs to understand tonight uh, that when God speaks, it's not always to calm the storm. Uh, I'd love for you to understand. Uh, I've tried to get my mind to understand. I don't need God to calm the storm. I need Him to still speak to me in the storm. My God, I've been through hell. I've been through problems. I've been through situations. And I used to pray, God, oh, would you stop it? Would you, would you just relieve it over here? And God said to me one day, you know what? I don't need to stop the storm. I need you to be able to understand that I can still speak in the storm and speak to you in the storm and give you strength and faith and give you understanding, give you a way to step out and walk on the storm. Some of you are waiting on me to get to the point where Peter failed. I'm not going to preach that tonight. You know why? Because I don't see it as failure. I see it as human nature saying, wow, I'm not supposed to be able to do this. None of us have walked on water. None of us, and I don't believe he just took two or three steps and sank. Jesus was far enough away, he couldn't tell who he was. I believe he got on out there ways and said, check this out. Whoa. Because the scripture says that he began to look and see the waves were boisterous. And the wind was contrary. And he was realizing, I am doing something that I am not physically able to do. And my God is doing something greater. And I just, I, I don't know what his doubt was. But I have said this myself. I can't believe God's doing this. When something great is going on, maybe, I don't know, maybe God just chose to have a teaching moment and say, well, you said I can't believe it, so you can sink with it. The fact is that when he began to sink, whatever distance was between him and God was taken up and God reached down with his hand and caught him and said, no, no, that's good enough. You walked on water. You're the only one. Come on, back to the boat. And instantly back in the boat and the, the wind ceased. You don't need God to address the storm. You need to understand, I need to listen while I'm in the storm. Some of you going through hell and problems and situations, don't worry about God calming the storm. He's not going to speak all the time into the mess and fix it. But every now and then He's going to speak and say, hey, hey, be not afraid. It is I. I'm right here in the midst of it. I've been watching you from a distance. And if you're just willing, I'll let you step out and walk on the mess. Woo! Some of you didn't get that. Some of you didn't understand that. 
God will let you step out and walk on the mess that is messing with you. God will let you get out in faith and begin to tread on a thing that's causing you problems. You can walk through the wind and say, oh, no, 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 no. You're not going to stop me tonight. I'm moving in faith. I'm getting out of the boat. I'm getting out of the calm and this place that is comfort. I know I've got an oar in my hand, but buddy, you got to row on your own. I'm getting out of the boat. He'll let you walk on top of the mess that's been hindering you and causing you problems. You need to understand that you can tread it underfoot and don't worry about it. Don't worry about if he's going to calm it or not. I know he can calm the storm. He's done it plenty. What a testimony to walk out at the end and say, you know what? You know, you told me about God calmed your storm. He didn't do that for me. And their face will register. Well, I'm sorry. Oh, you don't understand. I got to walk on top of my storm. I got to tread on the top and right with him as he said, be not afraid. I said, oh, I'm coming out of here. All I needed to know that it was God. All I needed to know that's you, Jesus. I'm stepping on top of the waves. I'm stepping on top of this mess. I'm putting it under my feet. I'm breaking through this barrier. Come on, somebody. Is your faith beginning to build? I don't want to be in the multitude. My God, it wasn't, it was not the 11 that created anything in the boat. But it was Peter who said, You know what? All I needed to know, it's you. I can't see you. You can't see God. He might reveal himself to you, but you can't see him physically. But you can hear Him speak to you. And if you'll just begin to listen, you know what, God, I'm in the storm. And, and I know that I can probably weather the storm and, and probably not cost, uh, cost me a whole lot. But Lord, I'd like to go through the storm differently tonight. God, I've been rolling and it's contrary to where I want to be. But, but Lord, I'm just going to keep on believing. You told me if I would get over there, you would meet me there. The great thing is that God is never going to tell you to go somewhere and just believe, leave it up to you to get there. God is never going to tell you to answer His call and to show up and do something and to teach Sunday school and to, to work with you and to get involved in what He wants you to do and say, now figure out a way to do it. He told him, get in the ship and I'll meet you over there. He's going to keep His eye. He, kept, he was there because He was keeping His attention on them. And when their fear rose up, he, he gave them a way of escape and He called to them and said, It's okay. It's I. I've just been watching over you, making sure that you're pushing for the journey and now can you step out and I'll show you how to get there quicker. When He got in the boat, they didn't row anymore. The Scripture says they were there at shore immediately. If God gets involved... And you get on board and decide, you know what, God? I'm going to answer. I'm not going to be a part of the multitude. I'm not going to sit back and watch someone else get a miracle and not expect my own. I'm not going to sit back and watch as others worship and get the, the awesome blessings of God and just say, well, anytime you'd like, Lord, I could use something over here. But even if you cry out from a place of perplexity and discomfort and fear, God is still able to show up. I wonder tonight as we stand. How many? I don't have to have a show of hands because I know the answer. 
every one of us have had opportunities to be involved in what God wanted us to be involved in and to do something great. But we let the storm and our understanding that we could weather it control us. God doesn't send storms for you to weather. God sends adversities and troubles and trials. He doesn't necessarily always send them, but He allows them. So that you have opportunity to respond to His presence in faith. Peter never said, Lord, the storm. No one in the boat said, hey, hey, we need a little relief over here. Can you calm the storm? But Peter didn't say, God, can you stop the storm? But he said, Lord... Don't worry about I'm not worried about the storm, Lord. I'm worried about getting where you are. And I wonder tonight, uh, how many have been worried about the storm? Uh, how many have been trying to fight the battle uh, and push against it and say, Lord, I'm going to keep on trying, Lord. I know you told me there's something great over there for me. Some of you have even given up. Said, I'm in the boat. I know the boat is comfortable. I know the boat is my place. These guys are rowing as hard. They'll make it. We'll make it over. Lord, I'm not concerned about what you're doing, where you're at. I'm content. I'm not preaching to my elders tonight. You've weathered storms and you've seen God show up and pull you out and let you walk upon them and conquer them. But there's a group under the sound of my voice tonight that the great thing to try and do is to think your way through it and to battle yourself through it because you feel like you have been enlightened enough that you can, you can get yourself through anything. And the gospel will cease to get pushed by you because you won't have any revelation in the name of Jesus. Somebody hear the voice. The Holy Ghost is speaking. You won't have a revelation to give someone when someone steps out of the multitude and says, I need God to do something great. All you'll be able to say is, well, I've been a part of the multitude and it's been, it's been comfortable. It's not been challenging. I hadn't stood out and said, oh man, God, something great so I can have a testimony. Something great so I can do something for you. God, I need you to be my Jehovah Jireh. I need you to be my peace that passes all understanding. I need you to be the king of kings in my life. God, I need you to be my redeemer, my savior, my healer. I wonder how many would be honest with themselves and say, you know what? I've been a part of the multitude too long. I've even let them continue to row the boat and so I've just found my comfort spot. No one will make it through. The Holy Ghost is speaking to somebody tonight. The Holy Ghost is stirring, trying to get someone to revive in their self a hunger, a desire that says, God, something great is going to come because I'm going to give all to you. 
Something great is going to come because I don't need an explanation, God. I don't need a charted map. I don't, I don't need you to give me every point. I just need you to say it is I and I'm going to take you at your word that you are God and know that the I am, the breath of life, is able to take control tonight. I wonder how many would like to lift their hands right now and just say, you know what, God? I'm a part of an apostolic church. A church where miracles happen. A church where God's voice is heard. And we talk and we understand and we know that God is great and we can step out out of the boat and get on top of the water. Oh, that first step must have been an amazing thing for Paul, Peter. To say, you know what, God? If it's you, bid me come. And Jesus' voice as I hear it so clearly tonight, to somebody is come. Peter, don't hesitate. Would you step out of the boat tonight? God's voice is saying, come. I wonder who would say, you know what, God? I know the first step is going to be the hardest one. I've not stood on top of this mess before. I've not been able to conquer it before. But God, you said, come. I'm stepping out. Get out of the boat tonight. Get out of the boat. Get out of that spot. Get out of that pew and decide, you know what? This is my time. I'm stepping out on faith. I'm stepping out of the boat. I'm stepping out of my pew. I'm stepping out of my problem. I'm stepping out of my complacency. Come. Come on. These altars are open. Would somebody respond to God saying, come?